Mike, 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 check. Mike, 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 check. Mike, 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 check to the right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we're discussing Black Widow, the 2021 film, the one of the many of the many of the many MCU movies that are falling in the line of the timeline of the succession of the Disney Marvel franchise. It's continuing on. You can't stop this train. I don't think you understand it's not stopping. Even with the pandemic, it's sort of, you know, halted a little bit, but it still comes back with a punch. So today we have Black Widow, a 2021 American superhero film based on the Marvel comics featuring the character of the same name. It's directed by Kate Shortland, produced by Marvel Studios, distributed by Walt Disney Studios. It's the 24th film in the Marvel Universe, Marvel MCU in uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's directed by Kate Shortland, screenplay by Eric Pearson. Um, stars our own Scarlett Johansson. Um, we have her playing uh, Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow. This is not the first time she's been released. If you're just, like, freshly out of the MCU and you have no idea what's going on, this is not the first time this character has been introduced. But for everyone that is familiar with the timeline and familiar with the MCU, let's continue on. Um, so she plays Natasha, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, was alongside Florence Pugh, David Harbour, uh, O.T. Oti Fagbini, uh, uh, Olga uh, Carolinto, and William Hurt, Ray Winstone, and Rachel Wise. Um, so this is set immediately after the events of Captain America Civil War 2016. The film sees Romanoff on the run and is forced to commit, uh, sorry, is, and is forced to confront a conspiracy tied to her past. So, Let's talk about the technicals of uh, this movie. Um, technically, this movie feels like it's divided into three different halves. Double Toasted did an, an immense job of describing each different half. But let me tell you what they, how they described uh, Black Widow in the, in the three different parts. So the first part is uh, throw in the Jason Bourne. It's all of the things you love about the spy and espionage, spy on the run. We basically have that, but within the MCU for the first hour. We've got the hand-to-hand -hand combat. We've got people doing car chases and running across the tops of uh, European buildings. And let me just say that it just it, it embodies what feels like the Bourne supremacy ultimatum and identity uh, franchise, you know, the Bourne franchise. And that's just the first hour. It 
elevates to the second degree, which is what uh, some of my favorite people were talking about, of uh, uh, my podcasters of all different kinds, Double Toasted, Slash Film, Slash Film Daily, all the, all the uh, usual suspects of people I like, and even uh, Bald Move, some other guys I like. Um, but everyone agreed that it continued to escalate in tension and in action, I believe, from the first act to second act to third act. So the first act, you have the Bourne Ultimatum and Identity franchise. The second act feels like it transfers and shifts into overdrive of the Mission Impossible realm. Now, the reason it feels like so much more of a Mission Impossible type uh, movie and it elevates to that than the cinematography by Gabriel um, Bernstein kind of uh, curts to that. Um this is the same cinematographer, The Distinguished Gentleman, The Spanish Prisoner, Blade Two, Street Kings, and several entries in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it has that same like sheen and look and kind of um, Civil War-esque look. So um, I got to say that the reason that it feels like it elevates to from the Borm supremacy type spy, spy espionage to the second degree which is the Mission Impossible-ness of this movie. The second part of this feels like Mission Impossible because literally the 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 stunts feel uh, super exaggerated to that degree. It's almost that G.I. Joe-ness of how the hell did they do that slash sci-fi-ness. You know, it's, it's almost not even possible for a lot of these people to even kind of be able to do most of the stunts that they're able to do by the second act. Then by the third act... We come around to the big climax of the MCU um, kind of halt. I don't think it's um, it's not the strongest part of the movie, but I don't actually I don't think that the climax is the weakest either. I don't think that's there. In my opinion, the Black Widow movie doesn't have that many shortcomings from the standpoint of an average movie watcher. I think if you are going in there just as an average movie watcher, movie goer, even just an MCU guy or gal that likes watching or put your pronoun in, uh, if you are just an individual that likes watching these movies and you're not enthralled with the comics, I think you can enjoy it for what it is um, and enjoy the, the action thrill that this provides. It very much feels like a summer action movie. I think it provides those type of thrills. And I was never bored in it throughout the, the pretty much any part of the movie. So I got to say that from the pacing, what do we have? About 134 minutes. Um, yeah, it's well well into, um, what is that, two hours, two hours plus. So, um, yeah, I, I honestly probably could have watched a little bit more of it, but um, I think what a lot of people are agreeing is this does not exactly feel like a Natasha Romanoff, Scarlett Johansson movie. Um, it feels more like a setup towards... Um, the rest of the characters that are in it or that outshine her. There's a lot of characters, co-stars, that feel like they kind of outshine Scarlett Johansson in this. And she feels so much more of like a repercussion of things that are happening within her own movie. She feels like um, she's being pushed around. She's not the one making the decisions. And it's not like that's the one-all be-all for making a good movie. But, it, you know, everybody had wanted a Black Widow movie and they kind of, I guess, wanted... I could see of wanting her to have her own merit and not be a repercussion of what everyone else is trying to get her to do. 
Um, so with saying that, as an average move, as an a- sorry, as an average movie goer, I think you're going to enjoy your time. I think you're going to uh, the money spent into this is is well worth it. Now, with saying that, uh, I know that people that were in uh, involved with reading into the comics and stuff like that, they were not crazy about this. They some of the people um, that are in the movie representing such as uh, like Taskmaster and stuff like that were really bothered uh, bothered people. Um, in their interpretation of this character, mostly because they didn't fulfill the ultimate needs or ultimate things that this character was representing. Um, so I can kind of see where it would be a little bit let down on that part. But then again, once again, from the standpoint of just coming to it from not reading the comic books, it didn't bother me as much. It is more just like hearing about it post watching the movie, hearing, oh, dang, that. That would have been really nice to have in the movie, and that would have been really cool if they would have done that, but they just decided not to. So, um, yeah, continuing on, we have uh, Lionsgate Films began uh, development of Black Widow film in April 2004 with David Hayter uh, attached to write and um, direct. The project did not move forward, and the character's film rights had reverted to uh, Marvel Studios by June 2006. Uh, Johansson, this would have been a totally different movie if it was made in different uh, studio. Um, and by the way, this is one of the darkest Disney-led, Marvel-led movies I think I've seen just based off the first act. I was... Uh, I was like, my goodness, I could not believe how dark they went, and I applauded them for it. I think they could have not reveled in it, but kind of uh, gone a little bit more in detail about what was going on to, you know, these, uh, at the beginning of this movie, you know, what, the detachment and whatnot. So, um, of this Natasha Romanoff family, they could have gone in a little bit more detail about it, but this opening is, is very, um, it's, it's, it's a juicy hook from kind of a dark, dark perspective. Okay, so um, almost to the almost to the degree that I thought we weren't watching a Disney movie at one point, you know. So, uh, so Marvel gains. Uh, Marvel ended up getting Black Widow in June two thousand six. The rights. Um, Johansson was cast in the role for the several MCU films, beginning with Iron Man two twenty ten, beginning discussing a solo film with Marvel, um, and began discussing a solo film with Marvel back then. Work began in late 2017, and Shortland hired 2017, 2018. Um, Jack Schaefer and Ned Benson uh, contributed to the uh, script. I think Jack Schaefer was one of the WandaVision. She was she was Wanda WandaVision's showrunner, I believe. Um, so they contributed to the script before Pearson was hired. Filming took place May to October 2019. Norway, Budapest, Morocco, Pinewood Studios in England, in Atlanta, Mackin, and Rome, in Georgia. Jesus, where the hell didn't they go? They, they didn't come to my house, but uh, they, came, they went everywhere else. My goodness. Okay, so since we're going uh, spy badass, I'm going to have to put my hair up. It's just driving me nuts looking at it and the thing. So uh, let me see. Black Widow premiered June 29th, 2021 at various events around the world and was released in the United States on July 9th simultaneously in theaters through Disney with Premier Access. That means it's like an extra $30 on top of being a subscriber to Disney. Um, And you get that. You have to pay that 
if you are subscribing and you decide not to go to the theater and you want it early. Otherwise, I think uh, Black Widow would eventually come on streaming um, platforms. Uh, uh, the, the Disney Plus streaming platform, that's what I meant. It is the first film in the Phase 4 of the MCU and was delayed three times from an original May 2020 release date due to COVID pandemic. Um, Black Widow broke several pandemic box office records upon release and grossed over $314 million worldwide, becoming the fifth highest grossing film in 2021. Uh, it also made $60 million in Disney Plus global revenue in its opening weekend. The film received generally positive reviews from critics with praise for the performances, particularly of Johansson and Pugh and the action sequences. And those are generally the things that I really liked about it, too. The dynamics between uh, Florence Pugh, which is a standout stellar performance. She's the she's going to be one of MCU's big gems. You're going to see her in everything. I'm already calling it now. Um, she is a standout stellar performance. And having jo Scarlett Johansson kind of have uh, Florence Pugh be kind of like the foil for each other, they kind of like bounce off each other in a way that they allow to express how they're feeling and talk to them as like legitimate sisters. And it, it, it's pretty, it, it, it's uh, enlightening for understanding, you know, their background and kind of having a more lightning mood i feel like you know johansson has to play scarlet uh, has to play uh natasha romanoff with such a straight face she's so serious all the time that pew able to you know have these comedic beats but also this wit and this banter just just works um i gotta say this was one of the films i did feel the mcu is starting to wane on me with regards to the um the comedy and their timing with it it's just like for god's sakes this is it's a serious moment stop telling a joke like being shot at is not a time for a joke i'm tired of <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of some of these like sequences of them being about killed and they're cracking a joke which just kind of deflates the pacing for me and the tension um, maybe not the pacing, but the tension. It's like stop making jokes when there's bullets flying through your shit, your your aircraft. It's not <laughs> that. Stop doing that, you know. So on a um, two hundred million dollar budget, um, we're still kind of in the opening of all of this. You know, three three hundred fourteen million, um, plus all the Disney Plus revenue they got to bring in. We don't. We won't have the numbers probably forever of those. I don't know. They only get to release those if they want to. So. Uh, yeah, ultimately, the pros and the cons of this movie I look good uh, from the cinematography, the action sequences. I was really impressed from that. Um, I thought uh, the pacing, all of that, uh, it's there's not much I have to say that's bad about this, quote-unquote, bad about this movie. And when I say anything bad about a movie, it's not necessarily, you know, oh, my God, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just, like, things I would have changed or things that I think they could have worked on um some of the character dynamics i feel like they kind of sweep them under the under the rug they kind of forgive people a little bit too easily that's going to go into a uh, spoiler section um but overall some of the character dynamics i i think they just needed a little bit more extra time in some places i wrote in my review that it could have uh benefited from probably an extra 20 to 30 minutes um, maybe 20 minutes. 
it might have felt a little bit long, but honestly, I was having such a great time. I didn't even care. Um, I know some people didn't have as great of a time watching this. Um, and this did have a steep, steep uh, drop-off when uh, Space Jam 2, Space Jam New Legacy was released anyway. Um, so maybe people aren't feeling this as much as I am. Um, I just felt like for the pacing, for everything I was not expecting, I was like, this is pretty badass. I was like, she, she's badass. The characters are badass. This is an interesting um, Americans-ish premise you know the the americans ish you know it's like this russian family living in america trying to debut espionage kind of thing it's it's all very much like that um and the way it begins so yeah i the the, the things i liked were 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 weighing very heavy and um and the things i disliked i was a little bit more forgiving about i just was like all right maybe they took a little shortcut here or there but i was like this is pretty impressive for being able to have so, like I said, something of this scale, something that has happened in the MCU in a timeline that we've already seen. And to keep the pacing and to keep the tension up, in my opinion, even though we know the the outcomes of uh, some of the characters in the movie, I was still on, quote-unquote, pins and needles. I didn't, uh, and I felt like I didn't know what was going to happen to the majority of these characters. So it still had that layer of unpredictability about it. There is a third act slight cringe moment of a twist but it's like i said it's not a make or break uh part of the movie for me personally um i'm trying to think if i wanted to give it seven out of ten or eight out of ten i think i might go eight out of ten because i'd probably re-watch this movie if i could with just um you know purely off the action scenes and everything i, I had a really great time um I think I'm going to go 8 out of 10 because I had a pretty good time and I can't really think of a reason to bring it down too much. And the reason that it would go down, I don't think, would bring it down to a 7 out of 10. So we're going to go 8 out of 10 for Black Widow. Um, thank you for listening, watching Luck It All Podcast. For the full review, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. We also have all the other reviews, luckitallpodcast.com. You have all the other social medias the twitches the youtubes we got the videos the live streams we got the instagrams we got the facebook groups we got all these social media things i don't know why i'm talking like an old man that has no idea and why is my hand going like that <laughs> no i uh, we have uh tons of social medias for you to catch up on um if this is your first video check out all the other reviews thumbs up my god if we do not get a thumbs up then i'm just you know say yuck it and just screw it i don't even know what i'm doing anymore <laughs> um so yeah, thumbs up, subscribe, follow, all those things help. I've actually done the numbers. So if 10 people, if 10 people subscribe, it is 1% of the way to 1,000 subscribers. So do you want to be one of the 10 uh, people that is the percent? So you're one-tenth of a percent of helping the Lucky Dog Podcast become monetizable. And once we are monetizable, we still got to get like hundreds of thousands of views. So I've, I like I, I was looking at the numbers, and it's like if you don't make like over fifty thousand to a hundred thousand views per video, you're probably only making like twenty five to a hundred bucks. But I could be wrong. Like I said, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But I was like, any single thing, comment, question, concerned, whatever you got to do to help support the com uh, the the podcast, please do. It absolutely helps. Okay, so that's the end of my spiel. Um, 
All right, so we are getting ready to get into the Luggadaw Podcast Black Widow 2021 spoiler section starting in just a moment. So you're probably wondering why you're able to still watch this, uh, you know, spoiler section. I thought you were going to say this, uh, patreon.com, look it up podcast exclusive. Well, generally it is, but sometimes I release some free long form detailed reviews, you know, where I'm acting a little bit, you know, crazy, wiry, whatever. Um, and also you can kind of learn a few things. Um, hopefully about either the the movie or the review or hear some interesting opinions i don't know maybe i don't know why, why the fuck do people watch movie reviews these days anyway anyways um so you i was saying why why are you getting this one um well you're getting the majority of the review if you want the full 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 unedited well it edited to the degree that you would want it to be edited but you know mostly unedited is on the Patreon exclusive page. You're getting like uh, you know the you're getting a chunk of it, but not the full thing. All right, so I told you I was gonna uh, I was gonna ramble a little bit, but anyways. Okay, so uh, and bear with me with some of these names. I, these are some like uh, terrible Russian uh, accent names that I'm going to uh, mess up really bad. So the names aren't terrible, but my accent's gonna be terrible. In 1995, Super Soldier Alexei Shokolov and Black Widow Mel Melina Voskov, Russian undercover agents, pose as a family in Ohio with the surrogate daughters Natasha Romanoff and Yelena Belov. So this is David Harbour as the dad. We got Rachel Weiss as the mom. We have Natasha Romanoff is daughter the oldest daughter and yelena belava is florence Pugh's character the younger versions this is back in the day this is before those characters actually come come in to play those those actors come in to play them but um just want to say right off the top of the uh uh i love this first 10 minutes i was like floored i was like i, was, I felt like i was in it i was really glad that we got like this flashback and everyone's all in like 90s gear david harper's got straight up uh, uh stranger things looking out looking ass outfit on um and he's like hanging on to the plane like, ah! <laughs> he's doing some craziness and we have this family is full of badasses and they're all talking about oh it's this one fucking day it's oh it's coming i wish we had gotten like one or two days with the family before it went all to haywire but that was just me um i still thought it was some absolute craziness at this beginning i was just like, jesus and with this family being divided and david harbour being an asshole and letting his 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 uh his wife go to everyone uh, the the parents are are dog shit in this i i mean not not the the actors but like the the actual parents that they have are absolute dog shit and they're kind of terrible throughout this thing but the movie kind of wants to redeem it by the end of this movie as well it, it's a lot to handle to be honest um so yeah david harbour just like 
lets the girls get like in the in the shoulders and taken away from the family. The mother's taken away. She's been shot, but she'll be okay. Maybe she'll be okay, and she's gonna be taken to what's his face, uh, uh, Ray Winstone's place, the Cuban slash Russian ass guy. We don't even know what the hell kind of accent he's doing. Is he's like Russia? I, I I'm not doing a Russian accent. I I can't do it. Uh, um. um I can hear with a Vaskovsk and a Shashkovsk, and that's about all I can do. Um, and those are the last names. Um, after finishing their mission to steal Shield Intel, they escape to Cuba uh, to the rendezvous with their boss, General Drakov. And uh, I think a lot of people have to say <laughs> a lot of things about this dude's uh, <laughs> accent. <laughs> so. Who has Romanov and Belov taken to the Red Room for training? So the Red Room, you know that that's like that's in the MC universe. Um, uh, let me see. Okay, so the Red Room, um, also known as the Black Widow program, was a top secret Soviet. Ru- and later Russian trained uh, top secret Soviet and later Russian trained program led by Drakov. The program takes young orphan girls and turns them into elite assassins named Black Widows and is overseen by various individuals. Madam B, Melina Voskov. Uh, graduates of the program include Natasha, Yelena, Belov, and it was terminated in 2016 for the destruction of the Red Room headquarters. And so the uh that's a little bit of uh backstory on the red room and we've heard about the red room through other movies as well and what has happened to natasha and her sister and all of these girls is absolutely it's heartbreaking it's it's uh kind of glossed over a little bit even in the credits when they have this like human trafficking segment of like natasha and all these girls being taken and being picked up re uh, again by uh, drake off or whatever um one, it's very hard to watch. Two, um, it's just like, oh my, oh my gosh, I can't believe they actually had to go through all that. And we, we aren't exactly with them through that type of torture. And I'm kind of glad that we're not. Where it's more just like talked about and we hear about it because that'd be a lot to handle for a Disney movie. I'm just saying, um, you know, the straight up uh, giving them hysterectomies and stuff like that. It, it, it was, it, it's very very uh very bad so years passed during the shashka shashkatov shashtakov is imprisoned in uh russia which is uh david harbour's character while romanov detects sorry defects to shield after bombing drakov drakov's budapest office and apparently killing him and his young daughter Antonia. Uh, and I was like, Jesus, I couldn't believe that they had, they kept showing this explosion of this young daughter. I think they showed it at least twice before we get confirmation of things that uh, happened later. I was like, gosh, this is a, this is intense. So in 2016, Romanov is a fugitive for violating the Sokovia Accords, um, which, uh, she escapes from the United States Secretary of State Thaddeus Ross, which is, uh, we got uh, William Hurt back. We didn't, I don't think we've seen William Hurt in a long time. I don't know if we've seen him since The Incredible Hulk, but we might have seen him like once or twice in other movies. Um, 
and he flees, uh, sorry, and uh, Romanoff flees to a safe house in Norway, supplied by Rick Mansion. Sorry, Rick Mason. Uh, he's just like random guy that is just supplying Natasha all the things that she could possibly want and getting like nothing in return. You know, he's he, he's kind of like casual. Like, mm, Natasha, what you what you doing this afternoon? What you doing later? You know, you got a boyfriend? What? What? Oh, what? Oh, oh, plane. I got you. I got you a plane. Private plane right there. I got you. And it's like she ain't giving him nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, um, so yeah. meanwhile, uh, Beloff, uh, Natasha's younger sister, and they're not connected at this point. Beloff kills a rogue, former Black Widow, but comes in contact with a syn- synthetic gas that neutralizes the Red Room's chemical mind control agent. Uh, Beloff sends antidote vials to Romanoff, hoping she will send the Avengers to f- to free the other widows. When Romanoff unknowingly drives off with the vials, Taskmaster attacks her, seeking them. And I enjoyed the first battle of Taskmaster. I know some people were like, "Why isn't Taskmaster doing all the cool things?" I mean, she has a uh, this character has a couple of cool elements of like blocking and uh, doing similar throws and, you know, fighting styles like Captain America and I think like Iron Man as well, maybe a couple other uh, characters I can't remember of at this at this time. But it wasn't like super apparent for me that, uh, that this individual was mirroring Black Widow at all. I could tell by like one or two like blocks that they were doing but it didn't look immediately for me that she's like oh my gosh she's mirroring everything she does what is she gonna do ah, ah." you know it it wasn't like that for me um but uh romanoff manages to escape uh, escape escape taskmaster and realizes that they came from belava belava oh her, her sister the two reunite in budapest Romanoff learns Drakoff is alive and the Red Room is still active. We do get a nice little Florence Pugh and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, fight, but, uh, you know, that that was pretty fun. So, <laughs> Romanoff learns Drakoff is alive and the Red Room is still active. She's like, Fuck. Um, Shortly after Black Widow's attack, uh, uh, sorry, shortly after Black Widows attack them. Um, Romanoff and Belov evade them and um, Belava evade, evade um, Taskmaster before meeting Mason, who supplies them with another helicopter. It does start to feel a little bit like a video game, you know, grab the thing to meet the person, to do the thing, to kill the person, to do the thing. You know, it, it starts to kind of feel like a little bit like that. Um, let me see what else we got. Romanoff and Belov uh, break Shashkov out of prison to learn Drakov's location. Okay, so this is kind of yada yada, but I like the the introduction to David Harper's character in the modern time is a little bit extreme. I'll be honest; he's like getting a tattoo of his superhero, and the super, the tattoo guy who's doing it, you know, has a Black Widow on his <laughs> on the side of his 
neck. It's just a little bit like hammy. It's like, all right. Man. And then David Harbour is just a big fucking dude. I mean, when he's fighting, it's like, all right, this, this guy looks like he's going to whoop some ass. The thing is, I don't know if David Harbour ever gets to be used to the fullest degree. A lot of the scenes um, for his fighting felt sloppy. Um, I think there is good fighting in this movie, but some of the things that were happening with David Harbour's character, and I wanted more, I just wanted him to fuck somebody up, and I feel like he never really got to do that. Um, maybe there's like one or two scenes when he's being broken out of, but I didn't really feel it to that degree. So, it's a great action scene, and after this this big prison breakout, everyone's like, blah! You know, there's this fucking, like, explosion happen. Sorry, there's this... Uh, explosion there's an explosion that causes uh snow to come from the tops and there's a big avalanche and i was like ah you know a big avalanche so you got to grab all uh, all your guys got to get the hell out of here got to get the helicopter points like, Bing! you know got got to got to bounce so anyways i'm not going to go through a play by play even though i think i just did <laughs> um um so drakeoff's uh break break shashkakoff out of to learn drakeoff's location and i feel like david harbour's character is completely clueless to realizing how big of an asshole he is in this. And I feel like the girls, his daughters, uh, you know, foster daughters, I guess, are sort of a little bit understand. They give him a little bit of leeway, but they don't give him much leeway. They still think he's a fucking ass, and I kind of agree. I, I don't think that the parents are redeemed at the end of this movie, and I think that they kind of want us to think they are, which they're not. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, he tells them to speak to Voskotokov, who lives in the farm outside of St. Petersburg. So David Harbour says, we got to go find your mother, or your foster mother's, your foster mother, where she developed the chemical mind control process used on the widows. And she is evil as fuck. Like, she has come up with some of the bad stuff, and she's continuously doing it. There, Balava, I'm not even, is that her name? I'm not even going to say that. Balava reveals that while they were not a real family, she believed they were so. Afterward, Voskotov admits she sent their location to Drakov. So there's this big family dynamic of like this this dinner with David Harbour, Rachel Weiss, um, Florence Pugh, and Scarlett Johansson. And I love the dynamic between them. It's this big, awkward family reunion of fake Russian Americans that are fake Americans that are acting like Russians, I guess. Uh, and, uh, there are Americans that are acting like fake Russians. I, I don't know what the hell the thing is, but anyways, uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of an awkward family gathering and I, I kind of was here for it. That was the kind of the stuff that I really enjoyed watching and whatnot. So I think that with saying all this, we need to continue on to where the hell okay so uh rachel vice admits she sent their location to Drakeoff like a fucking snitch and um i was surprised that she actually went back on it and i do kind of like looking back onto that scene and thinking like oh wow she's gonna snitch them out the whole time it's like a different you go back and rewatch it with different lens um rewatchability on it might work, work pretty well his agents arrive and take them to the red room and an aerial facility. I really love the look of this aerial facility. Um, 
of like having this big castle in the sky, this big ship in the sky. It's how they keep everything away from the regular world and how no one knows it's all going on because it's in the sky. It's like, okay, I can, I guess I can deal with that. You know, what else am I going to do with that? So, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was there for it. I really liked the, the visual design of it as well. Um, reminds me of sky captain in the world of tomorrow. Um, let me see. Voskotov and Romanov use face mask technology to switch places before being captured. Um, wow, they're just kind of like giving us all the things. So yeah, there is this like big reveal of like, oh my gosh, it's uh, Romanov is being captured. Or sorry, Voska, Rachel Vice is acting. Sorry, Natasha is acting like Rachel Vice, and that character is in the room with Drakoff and learning all of the things she needs to learn, plus has, like, this earpiece. Plus there's a hilarious, like, David Harbour, you don't have a fucking earpiece. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he ain't gonna have no family uh, um, family time on this. Like, you weren't part of the plan. I, I love how they address that. It's kind of like, uh, you weren't part of the, the twist of this. Get the hell out of this twist, <laughs> David Harbour. Oh, my gosh. So I like da David Harbour. I do think he was... Uh, his character in this is a big fucking ass so um so yeah so they use face mask technology to switch places before being captured uh, it was a little bit i'm not sure if i believe that just because their complete face does not look like that would ever happen i don't i don't know it, I, we're just gonna ignore that um so it's allowing Voskotov to free shashka shashkatov which is uh, David Harbour and Florence Pugh from their restraints. Meanwhile, uh, Romanoff confronts Drakoff, who sees through her disguise. Romanoff learns Taskmaster is Antonia, who suffered damage severe enough from, sorry, severe enough that Drakoff had to put a chip in her head. Um, this made her the perfect soldier, capable of mimicking the actions of anyone she sees. Romanoff attempts to kill Drakoff, but she uh, fails to harm him due to a pheromone lock installed in every widow. Which this was like straight up like 007 Bond by this point. It's like, oh my gosh, really? This is what it's come down to? And I, I thought it was a little bit... I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I, I, if it was in the MCU comics, I'm not going to question it. I'm just saying, I was like, I don't know if I like that. Um, it's just kind of a little bit stupid. Um, but maybe that would work. I, I mean, you can't deny the fact that smell has a very powerful, um, urge in your life. You know, when it, when you smell something, it makes you want to do things or makes you want to go places or get away from things. You know, it's a very visceral reaction to smell something that, um, uh, makes you act. So I could maybe see this, that they would be able to do this. Um, but uh, to like a degree, I guess, like a scientific science fiction degree. Uh, Drakoff reveals that he controls widows worldwide through his desk control, which is all right. All right. Now we're just jumping the shark. We're just completely jumping shark at this point. He has widows worldwide, uh, you know, triple W. It's it, we got it all covered. And it's like, what the fuck? Why is Drakoff telling her all this information anyway? It's like, oh, because she, you know, she needs to know. So anyways, um. 
Romanoff intentionally breaks her nose, severing a nerve in her nasal passage to negate the pheromone, and then attacks Drakoff, which I was like, okay, so the I was thinking of the three different, I was trying to think of several different ways about how Scarlett Johansson was going to remove the smell of this guy so she was going to be able to, you know, uh, attack him. Why not... Uh, I don't know, like put a mask on or of some sort <laughs> or uh, a helmet or something that blocks the senses of the, the smelling and whatnot. Like you didn't have to break your fucking nose. I was like, Jesus, they're just trying to make her like extreme. Um, so I guess that's sort of badass. I mean, we've seen like badass people just, you know, use their head when they had nothing else to use. But I was just like, Okay, can she not smell anymore after this? Can she not smell like anything? Like, I, and then I think she like breaks her nose back. It's like, can you do that? <laughs> uh, whatever. I, I don't even know. So, anyways, so she negates the pheromone and then attacks Drakoff. Shushkatov uh, battles Taskmaster while Voska Vostokov takes out one of the facility's engines, and Beloff searches for the other widows who have been sent to protect Drakov together. Shashkatov and Voskatov uh, lock ta- Taskmaster in a cell. And I thought them locking Taskmaster... Master. Ma- <laughs> taskmaster. Taskmaster in a cell. I thought this was a complete waste. I was so surprised that they were going to... Uh, dull Taskmaster this early in to the fight, and I felt like it also allowed David Harbour not to have to fight them either as well. I was, I was like, this is kind of disappointing in a way. I really thought that the, I didn't think that the highlight of Taskmaster was going to be that first tent, uh, the first fight she had, or you know, especially when we find out that it's the daughter of Drakoff. Everyone's like, oh, shit. Like, I, I had forgotten that even little girl had even been on the board. I was like, I don't even know who the fuck Taskmaster is. And so when that little girl came, I was like, oh, shit. And what's funny is, oh, I was her name, Olga. Uh, Olga Kurilenko. She was in uh, James Bond, I believe, as well. But she, uh, she actually is Russian. I think she says hardly anything. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny. They, they, they muffled the only real Russian person. Oh my goodness! So, um, Drakov escapes as the widows attack Romanov, and Belov creates an antidote bomb that releases the widows from mind control. Romanov gets into the control desk and copies the locations of other widows worldwide as she as the facility begins to f- explode and fall. Romanov retrieves the two surviving vials of antidote and frees Taskmaster from her locks from the lock cell. Uh, Voskotov and Shoshkotov escape through a plane while Belov takes out Drakov's uh, aircraft, killing him. And she has a pretty badass, like, send-off, but I never felt like she was suicidal at all. I kind of wish that she wasn't trying to kill herself at the end. Um, in Freefall, Romanov gives Belov a, uh, sorry, uh, Belava, uh, her sister, a uh, parachute before battling Taskmaster. Um, after landing, Romanov uses one antidote vial on Taskmaster, freeing her from servitude. 
which why didn't she do that early? I don't remember why she didn't do that earlier. <laughs> the freed widow arrived as Belava. Um, Voskatov and Shoskatov say goodbye to Romanov. She believes Belava the last antidote vial and the portable drive telling her to find and free the other still mind-controlled widows. As they leave, Antonia Romanov awaits Ross and his men who have arrived to apprehend her. Two weeks later, a blonde Romanov reunites with Mason who supplies her with a Quinjet. Sorry, she reunites with Mason who who supplies her with a Quinjet. She leaves intending to free the imprisoned Avengers. In a post-credit scene set after Romanoff's death, Balava encounters Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine a Rom- at Romanoff's grave. De Fontaine assigns Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, who, whom she claims is responsible for Romanoff's death as Balava's next target. And that, my friends, is the 2021 film Black Widow, directed by Kate Shortland. Thank you for listening, watching Lucky Dog Podcast. Let me know how I can improve the podcast. Let me know how I can improve the reviews. Let me know what you thought about Black Widow. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a a follow. Give it a subscribe. Give it a whatever you got to do to support the podcast. Oh, my God, because I just put a fucking... 45 minutes in this sheet <laughs> and i'd really appreciate it this is um i actually really do enjoy doing these reviews it's fun kind of giving a revitalization you don't know if it's been like two days since you've seen the movie or if it's been like 20 years you can always come back watch it and experience the review with us me you the people them us we them <laughs> all right so Look it up podcast at gmail.com for uh, all the emails, comments, questions, concerns. Send them there. Look it up podcast.com is uh, the website. Patreon.com slash look it up podcast for all the reviews. You got the full reviews. You get the early reviews. You get the reviews that are movies from over five years ago. So you're going to get those full reviews as well. You get the animated uh showed reviews shows on animated uh, reviews and stuff like that so um yeah thank you for listening watching looking at our podcast let me know how i can improve and take it easy